What's going on, everybody? You got Jay Banana here, and you are listening to STL by Design. And if you're joining us for the first time, we are president and vice president of AIGA St. Louis, and our intent with this show is to highlight any efforts in St. Louis at the intersection of creativity and positive impact. That's right. And since we're unable to do our interviews in person these days, we've got a new approach uh, we want to try out to hopefully streamline accessibility, and that is... Instagram TV. So if you want to hear more of this full episode, just tap on that little fancy icon in the corner. It looks like a TV with like a weird lightning bolt or some shit. And enjoy this music by Critical. And we'll get going in a few seconds. On this episode of STL by Design, we're talking with Scott Gericke, who's a graphic design professor at UMSL and who's also a past president of AIGA St. Louis. Hey, Scott, how are you doing? Hi, good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. So, Scott, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, sort of uh, your journey as a designer and how you got into teaching? Yes. Trying to trying to figure out how much to how to date stuff so I don't show my age too much. But hmm. um, uh, I'm actually from St. Louis. I grew up in Florissant, North County, and all my life. Uh, in my high school, my last year, my senior year of high school, I had an art teacher that told me that I should consider. <clears throat> advertising or graphic design, which I didn't really know that much about. And so um, my family and I did research and we found um, at the time, not a lot of schools in Missouri were offering graphic design um, Mm -hmm. programs, except at the time that we could afford. WashU certainly was, but um, Missouri State, which back then was Southwest Missouri State, had one and... um, we had vacationed in the Ozarks throughout my whole childhood. So we were mm-hmm. familiar with the area. It was an easy drive. Um, so I enrolled in that program. I actually applied to a few. I did apply to MICA in, um, in Maryland. And I want to say a school in Indiana, which escapes me. But anyway, um, Missouri State was the best um, choice at the time. I really, really enjoyed it. Of course, now that program has really taken off. My senior year there, I still felt like I just needed to know more. I was super hungry about design. I loved it. Springfield's, you know, not a super big town, but it's not small either. A few opportunities there, but I felt that I still wanted to learn more. And so my professor at the time said, it's not typical to go straight out of undergrad into grad, but here are some schools you should try. And um, Illinois and Champaign-Urbana was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I applied and, and got accepted. I got a fellowship, which was awesome because they pretty much pay for um, your tuition, but you sort of have to work in the lab and assistant teach. So I incredible experience there. Met some really incredible people that I'm, I'm I still keep in touch with. Um, professors there were very um, uh, also Eastern European and Swiss. So so my focus primarily was was on typographic layouts, um, brand systems, and it was right on the 
edge of when the Macintosh SE first came out. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the professors were like, we don't have a clue what's happening here, but we're going to buy all this stuff. And then all the graduate students are just going to like sit in a, a room for months and just figure it out. And that's sort of what we did. We just like, they bought all the software. Everything was on a floppy disk. They bought us video equipment. All we did was like digitize stuff and learn PageMaker and freehand. I mean, it was pretty incredible, but also like, like we didn't know what we were doing. Right. Cause no one was teaching us. We were teaching ourselves. Right. Um, but it was incredible because that's certainly what landed me my first job um, in St. Louis. I initially w- was going to Chicago. Most people that go to U of I, go to Chicago. Chicago heavily recruits um, from that program. And so Mm -hmm. that was my my initial intent. But um, that summer, I thought, "Ah, I'm just going to get I'm just going to get some experience interviewing. Right. And and see what it's like. And and I got some great offers and I decided to stay in St. Louis. So, you know, my my path from there, it gets really kind of unusual, but in a good way. I was fortunate enough to meet Sarah at the time, Sarah Spur, now Sarah Birdsell, who was teaching at WashU. And she was looking for adjunct lecturers to help teach some design courses. And that was my first foray into to teaching. I should say the motivation typically with getting a graduate degree in graphic design is that you eventually want to teach. Mm-hmm. Although I did enough research to know that uh, there's no way that I, I could um, teach unless I worked in that profession, right, for a period of time. So I felt like after grad school, I knew I wanted to work, but getting that that offer from from Sarah at WashU was a great way for me to continue to teach. I was very, very fortunate to have that support from all my employers. I, I, I started off at what was then the Robert Falk Group. Now it's Falk Harrison. And the majority of the work I was doing there was very corporate. But what was interesting about interviewing there was it was similar. I, I, I remember going into the conference room and all these boxes of Macintosh computers were sitting in the conference room unopened and then there must've been 10 of them, but no one knew how to use them. And so they were trying to figure out how are we going to train our people to use this new technology that, that is going to basically change our industry forever. And so of course, here I walk in with experience using these programs. It was awesome because here I am right out of school teaching all these really seasoned professionals how to use the programs, but still learning too, right? Because in school, you're experimenting, trial and error, you're staying up all night, figuring stuff out, working with your colleagues. And in a business setting, you have deadlines, you have clients, right? You have all these other other weird things that are that are so different from what you're used to. And I remember it took at least six to 10 months just to figure out like how to navigate all of this, right? Right. So Falk was an incredible place. I met incredible people, again, that I'm still really close to. And one happened to be Gretchen Schuschlik was one of the founding um, members of our chapter. And she's the one that really got me on board along with Doug Mm -hmm. Wolf, which was great because not only were this technology was changing the way we were working, but now we had this opportunity to create this chapter and network with people that we otherwise may not ever get a chance to connect with. And and as the years went by, right, I, I think I, I started out on the membership committee and then I was on the design show committee and then I became president and was sort of at a weird volatile time when membership was sort of down and people weren't really engaging as much. And so 
the task was like, how do we get people back on board? And I decided to take an extra year or two um, as, as president to just to make sure, because there just wasn't a lot of people on our executive committee at the, at the time. But again, New York is so helpful. I, I remember meeting with them and, and brainstorming, like how, how can we get this chapter to be more engaged? And it was awesome. I mean, it was some of the best, some of the best experiences, you know, are my AIGA experiences and meeting like all the people that you read about and idolize as you, as you grow in your profession. And so it was super inspiring. And I mean, I, I walked away from that thinking this is, you know, this is like, it's going to change, change my, my design path forever. So, and it did. And what happened is after eight years at a very, very corporate um, environment where at the time we were getting paid overtime, right? So we're working, working long hours, but we're getting compensated and making a lot of money. And, but beyond that, I didn't really have that much of a social life. And I think after eight years, I, it was just a, one of those things where I just woke up and then I, I said, I just, I think I just need to change, change my path. I thought I need to just take time off. And I did. I, I left a really, really great job. I traveled. Um, I started teaching more at WashU. Um, I got, I met some great people. I got to see some of my old college friends and, um, I really just thought like, what, what's, what is my path? And I didn't want it to be defined right away. I just wanted to take time. And so um, after that, I, I got the opportunity to work at the time. At that time I was, I think I was right in the middle of being president of the AIGA and um, I had enlisted Kiko Biden company to help with the design show um, planning. And I think back then it was like design show. It was like the, third or fourth one, possibly, mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly. But going over there and having meetings with them, I thought, wow, this is a this is very different than the kind of place that I was used to working. And um, and they were right in the middle of doing big projects and they needed people to help. So they, they brought me on as a contractor to help with with um, Ameren, which at the time it was called Union Electric. Right. And they were rebranding the whole company. And so I was sort of in charge of that brand as a contractor and then eventually um, was hired full time. But that that probably one of a few projects that I, I guess are my sort of local claim to fame. Um, but it was almost a two year project. And I thought this is really what I enjoy doing. This is the kind of work that I studied in school. Not that I wasn't doing it at at um, at Falk, but not to this extent where we, we got to sit down with executives and talk about strategic visions and, and, um, you know, meet with some incredible people to, to discuss like, like what is the future of this utility company? Um, and, and learned a lot about stuff that I just didn't know, which is one thing I really like about our profession. We just get to learn so much about our clients and our clients' businesses and, and how they engage with consumers. And, and so that work was incredibly challenging for me. And, I think I was there for like four years until, again, sort of my, my path had changed. I think it's cool how you kind of started with an interest in teaching and then you went towards the traditional design route with Falk and then you kind of looped back to it eventually. Yeah, you know, I I've, I've, I've meet very little people that would say or would 
encourage anybody to go straight from undergrad to grad, right? You, so it's sort of the same thing to me about working. You kind of want to get out there in the business and figure out sort of what's happening and then go back to grad school. And maybe there's something you want to focus on. And I get that. But to me, it's similar to teaching. Of course, now it's graduate and it's it's doctorate. It's like you can get so many incredible degrees in our field now. It just um, it's super exciting to see. But but yeah, I felt like I just needed to be in the business where I could sit down and start teaching somebody about it. Um, and I feel like that's that's why I've enjoyed my well, I'm going on over three years now at UMSO. I've enjoyed it, right? Because I feel like I can really bring a, a full perspective. I mean, I went from a very corporate company to, to Kiku, which was very environmental, architectural um, based, 3D, very different way of thinking, very different process for ideating and presenting work to clients. And then from there, I went into advertising at Momentum, and that was a whole other thing. I thought, oh, do I really want to do this? This seems weird. But they sort of recruited me, and 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 I thought, this is really different, and um, I should do it. Again, it was like such a different environment for me. And at the time, Momentum was like huge in St. Louis. The, we were over – they were over 350 but, you know, all good things sort of come to an end. And, and, at, and, and while all this is going on, the, the main, the steady thing was, I, you know, I was still teaching um, at WashU and doing some incredible things there as well. So I'm super fortunate that I had that. That was the one thing that was sort of constant throughout all, all my career, pretty much, that I, I um, continued teaching, which, um, you know, was a good thing for me. So... When you taught senior seminar at WashU, I just want to do like a quick overview for anyone who doesn't know that's listening what the senior seminar or the capstone project is because it's div- it's a little bit different at every university I know, yes. but the, the general kind of requirement for design school. Well, it's funny you should say that. I just was I just was emailing um, the three professors there today because they just recently launched their capstone website. Oh my gosh, is it incredible. Um, just really so, I mean, we are so lucky in St. Louis to have an incredible network of institutions that are just really producing like great, 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 great talent, young talent. And I'm so inspiring to see. Capstone has changed since I was part of it. Sarah Bertzell started it, um, many, many years ago. And what was cool about it then, um, not that it wouldn't be cool now, but every student was assigned a, a mentor, a professional mentor that would meet with the student probably three or four times throughout the semester. And and the mentors were all selected specifically based on their skill set and what the student's sort of premise of their project was. And so it was a great way for, for students to still curate their own you know, project, but also have have the leverage of a professional helping guide it in a way that would make it certainly a marketable thing in their portfolio. And then at the end, um, the Sarah would invite the whole community um, to these presentations, and they were very very well attended. And but the engagement with the professionals to me is like a really great way. Not that. Not that it's nice to sort of work in your own little world, but, and the professors can only do so much. If you have 30, 40, 50 kids in your program, it's hard 
for professors to be with you. So allowing, you know, um, other designers in the community who really want to engage. And of course, ulterior motive is hopefully maybe they'll hire these individuals right after they graduate. So it was a nice motivation for everybody to take part part in it, which is which is what, why I'm trying to leverage some of that at Umsol. Um, although they they had theirs, you know, Gretchen Shishla helped set up Umsol's um, thesis presentations in, in a similar way, where where everyone would come and and some would walk away with with um, interviews or job offers or just you know good good opportunities to connect beyond um, what they were doing, you know, in school, which was great. I've known a fair amount of students and now like after everything got can like all of the in-person senior shows and everything got canceled and all the thesis presentations, just like seeing them on Facebook and Instagram and all of the things talking about how crushed they were and yeah. how they had just been working on this for so long. And I've, obviously I remember doing all of that too. And it made me think about how much this is affecting students. And then when I got your email about UMSL putting everything online and encouraging professionals to look at it and to give feedback and be positive and kind of give encouragement to the students, I immediately was like, that's awesome. That's exactly what I think, you know, you can only do so much, obviously, but that's exactly what they need right now is just to feel like their work is still going to get out yeah. there. Yeah. And you're still going to get to network in some way. And yeah. just it's, the emphasis on like, let's give them something positive or like, let's give them some encouragement. Exactly. You're right. Because there's so much out there and and that's pulling them back. Like, oh, oh, you know, we feel so sorry for you. My gosh, what's going to happen? And, you know, like you can only take so much of that. So is it revolutionary to put the work on the website, no, we should actually be doing that anyway, and now we will be. This was sort of the um, the catalyst for us now doing this every year, no matter what. It should be, um, even though they all have put it on their own sites. This is a nice, a nice portal almost for everybody to see the work, and it's a really good recruiting tool for our program because um, we just we don't have those mechanism mechanisms in place right now. So this is this is like killing many birds with one stone. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm hearing that students are still, um, hearing from professionals that, uh, that, you know, it's a lot, there's a lot of work on there. It takes time to look at it and offer some, some insight or, or feedback. So there's a lot of people that are just now getting to it. It's been up for three or three plus weeks now. And so it's great that, that they're still hearing. So students are maybe getting even more feedback than, than maybe they would on the night of their presentation, which, you know, a lot of people tend not to, not to ask questions. You're on a time limit, right? You, there's only so many minutes you have to speak and so many minutes for feedback and comments. And so this allows people to be certainly more thoughtful um, and constructive about the kind of feedback and having the ability for people to kind of look at it when they can and then sit with it for longer mm -hmm. and have time to really think about it is yep. kind of a nice um, side effect of all of this. And I know that like a lot of other universities are doing this too now, and it's been really cool to see students like sharing their work and being really excited that it's on this gallery and like to your point, now that it's possible and that you know that it's possible, that 
it's something that can be done in the future too. And then you continue to have that conversation or professionals can continue a conversation with students after the in-person presentation. Yeah. It's like a no brainer. I mean, this is just, it's just such a great way to share. And, you know, I think they're getting feedback, like the university um, did this really, is doing a really great story about it. And so it's getting pushed like way beyond I mean, I know people in other countries, I think, have reached out to some of them, um, uh, which has been great. So, I mean, it just the more it gets shared and the the more people appreciate it, it sure has been a great experience for the students. And I I hope it continues to be fruitful for them because, um, you know, last week um, we we do studio tours and right also in the spring where I take them to different agencies, which most of a lot of I I know. Saboda at Merrimack d- does that sometimes as well. But when we obviously couldn't do that, um, the the agencies were nice enough to allow the students to, to Zoom with them. The conversations were great, just, just in terms of, um, you know, what their clients are doing now um, and how they're adapting to um, the whole distance thing and, and – um, and, and, and on top of that, you know, yes, hopefully a lot of them will still be hiring and and um, all the qualities they look for in a young designer. But the conversations took on like lots of other other things about just, you know, thinking about how valuable we are and our skills are in this sort of uncertain time. And I think it, got, it gave most of them some hope that, you know, um, things will turn around and maybe get get better than maybe they could have been before. So I, I hope I'm hoping that there's some optimism there, but um, we recorded all of it too, which was great. Cause now we sh- we're sharing it with all of our students. So the juniors, the sophomores, the freshmen all now get to get to listen to these um, really incredible professionals talk about um, the business and working in a, in a firm and things they look for in young designers like it was again really really great and something that we would not have gotten if if we weren't in the situation so that's also pretty exciting how have students been generally kind of handling this mm-hmm. i know it's difficult mm-hmm. the senior show thing is difficult yeah obviously but also learning from home and you kind of touched on this but just the the fear especially for like junior or seniors right now yeah the fear of like what the job market is going to look like, how they get interviews, how they handle all of this virtual kind of stuff going on and then not having kind of a college experience mm-hmm. in a way or not a traditional one. I mean, you know, yeah, we're still, we're still trying to figure out what kinds of, what kinds of experiences we can give these kids to congratulate them on, you know, cause there's no, there's no graduation ceremony. They are, they are going to plan to, to, to honor them in the fall, which is typically like in December, which is great, but I don't know how many of them will actually participate in that. But still, I mean, you know, the university wants to do something, but 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 us as a department, you know, like you're with these kids two, three, four years in a row, like you're connected to them in so many different levels. You want to do something to celebrate their accomplishments. So we're still working on that um, and trying to figure that out and whatever it is, it'll be super fun. Um, Once we can all get back 
together. And if it's not, then we'll still figure out something fun to do for them. But, you know, like, well, you guys fall into this category. You all are so connected to technology already. So in general, just allowing uh, from the student's perspective, just the, just allowing to connect with whoever with your computer or your phone has been fairly ingrained into your sort of routines way more than it has for a lot of the professors. So, you know, when you're told one week, you have less than a week um, to get your classes online. And then I have to tell you that the majority of, of all my classes and my students in my classes have really stepped it up. I mean, I feel like I'm seeing some work like more than maybe I would see in the classroom. I don't know what it is, but boy, are we seeing some some really strong stuff. The seniors, I feel like they were already sort of in portfolio mode. So the website was just an extension of what they were already doing. But a lot of them, knock on wood, have been making some really strong connections um, with local agencies. And some of them actually have been offered um, some internships and a few of them full-time jobs. So how can we view the the student work right now? Um, so the website is designhaspurpose.com. Mm-hmm. And, and so just a, a little bit of background here. Um, I was trying to figure out before the, the pandemic and everything, I was trying to figure out a way to sort of brand the spring sort of experience for the seniors. So every year now we're thinking that there's a word or something that allows us to sort of like ladder up to this. So this happened to be design has purpose. So interesting to see how everything is adjusting and it's just fascinating for, from the teacher perspective and the student perspective, it's just like how everything has to change now. All right. Should we wrap this up? Because I could talk about this forever. I, mean, I know. Like, it's, I'm, I'm so, it's been so fascinating. I, just, I like everything changing specifically in education has been wild. And, and my parents are both having to deal with it, too, or they're both having to learn how to. Sure. Zoom and know. you know other members that are educators are having to do it and like oh I've been on Zoom for seven hours talking to students <laughs> you know like I don't want to talk to it's anyone right my, my, yeah so I have Tuesdays and Thursdays where I'm pr- pretty much it's full full days um, from morning till night you know teachers across the board whether it's universities or or high schools or grade schools everyone's being super supportive and and you know. You can't put the same restrictions and deadlines and and your grading structures shift a little bit, right? Because you just don't know what everyone's going through. And not everybody has access to technology and decent wireless networks. And and knock on wood, um, we haven't really had anyone, you know, not engage, which is great. Well, thank you so much for talking with us about everything. Yeah. Well, it's my pleasure. And there it is. So once again, thank you to Scott Garake for uh, joining us on our show. And thank you to all the educators out there who have been continuing to, uh, you know, help support their students like Scott and many others. So once again, everyone, if you didn't catch that, you're going to go to designhaspurpose.com to check out the uh, student work at from UMSL. And I guess on top of that, thank you for listening. As always. As always could be doing anything but you chose to listen to this that's right so thank you to 
you all yet again. Thank you to Critical for the music. And if you know anyone who's doing any relief work to help creatives and our community here in St. Louis, by all means, let us know. And we'd love to have them on our podcast. Let us know via uh, the AIGA St. Louis website, obviously the Instagram, social media platforms. If you can get us via email somehow, that's good too. So till next time. See you later. Bye. Peace. Not bye. Peace. Peace.